Hey, good morning, everyone, and thank you so much for joining us today at Bible Baptist Church Online. We're so excited that you've joined us, and uh, we hope that today will be a help to you and a blessing. Would you take your Bibles with me and turn to Colossians chapter 4? Colossians chapter 4. We're finishing the book of Colossians. We're in the last chapter, and I hope this has been a help to you. And we're going to continue in our series, uh, Invested. And we want you to be invested uh, into the kingdom of God. Uh, We are invested in so many ways. Um, in our lives, in so many different things, but really the only thing that is uh, worthwhile to be invested in uh, is the kingdom of God, and that can look like all kinds of different ways today. Specifically, we're going to look at prayer. So I want to introduce you the title, The Investment of Prayer. Colossians chapter 4, if you would look with me in verse 1, the Bible says this, Masters, give unto your servants that which is just and equal, knowing that ye also have a master in heaven. Verse 2, Continue in prayer and watch in the same with thanksgiving. With all, praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds, that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Let's have a word of prayer and we'll get started. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you for loving us and for just continuing to keep us safe. I pray that you would uh, watch over every single one of us. And Father, help us to do your will each and every day. And Father, I pray that as we look at this passage, you would open it up to us and that you would help us to see uh, from your word exactly what you want us to do in regards to this matter of prayer. Father, I just pray that you would continue to bless us. And Father, I just pray that uh, we would continue to serve you with all that we have. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins, and we love you for it. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Oftentimes when I think we read these verses here in Colossians chapter 4, most of us would honestly just speed past them. We would go uh, over them and uh, just not really pay much attention to them. Again, you could you could kind of blow through them pretty quickly. And uh, maybe... It sometimes is just like a random suggestion, all right? Continue in prayer, right? Uh, Watch in the same with thanksgiving. It just seems like a quick, um, easy, kind of just a passing comment almost. Maybe it's not a random suggestion to you. Maybe it's not something that you even desire to hold, but maybe it's a, just an excessively used, common, maybe unuseful piece of information. The reality is all my life I've grown up in church, I've been around religion uh, my entire life, but the reality is this, that most of us hear praying and we just kind of just dismiss it. Uh, we just, we kind of pass it on. Like if we were to say these verses in our vernacular today, we would say things like this, just keep on praying, keep on praying for that person. Uh, we, we say that about people in our church, hey, keep praying for them. Um, you might hear someone, um, some, someone say this, would you pray for us? Would you pray for us? Again, we hear these terms all the time, and we, we listen to them. And uh, they, if, if, it's, if you're like me, maybe I'm just uh, speaking too much out, out of turn here, but if you're like me, sometimes that stuff just goes through our heads, just passes our ears, and that's about as far as it goes. We say these words, and maybe we'll even say to someone, hey, I'm praying for you. Um, again, are you actually? Uh, that's a big, big question. Sometimes we say these things knowing full well that it's just as passe as the day is long. It's just something that we say. It's almost like it's become religious jargon. Hey, praying for you, or would you pray for us, or this praying, we keep praying, all of these different things. Prayer has almost come, become synonymous with thoughts. We'll say things like this. Hey, you're in our thoughts and prayers. 
Again, none of these things are bad, but it's just trying to lay a foundation as to where prayer has become. It's like that we've just simply begun thinking about someone is just fulfilling our duty. So, uh, hey, I'm thinking about you today. Well, thank you. What are, what are you thinking about, all right? So it's almost become just this passe, this, this commonplace, this uh, unuseful piece of information. You might ask yourself this question, and I would like to ask you this question. What does it even mean to pray? What does it mean to ask someone to pray for you? Well, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you've been a religious person, most of you will uh, respond to that question that prayer is talking to God. Prayer is talking to God, and you are not incorrect. You are not incorrect. If that's your answer, that is a correct answer. However, these verses describe something so much more than just talking to God. Just talking to God. Again, let's read these verses, specifically verse 2 and 3. Continue in prayer. Watch in the same with thanksgiving, with all praying for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in bonds. So prayer is much more than this. And these verses allude to that. Most of us, I believe, if we're honest, we view prayer as a means to get things that we want. Again, let me say that again. Most of us, if we're honest, we view prayer as a means to get what we want. Say, Pastor Jomas, what do you mean? We pray for our family member who is sick, right? We want them to get better. And that's understandable. I get that. I do the same thing. We pray for our child's bad behavior. Father, my child acted up in school and he needs this, that, or the other thing. We pray for our finances. Again, not necessarily a bad thing. You ought to pray for your finances. But God, I'm a little short this this month. Would you please help me out? We pray for our marriages. And again, you ought to pray for your marriage. But hey, I pray that our marriage is what I want it to be. We pray that our elected officials will think like us. Uh Uh-oh, just opened up a can of worms there. We want our elected officials to think like we do, right? We, we, we have all of these things. We pray for safety. Often when we get in the car for, uh, and go on a trip, we will before we go anywhere, we'll pray that God gives us safety. We pray for people who are struggling through a hard time. And, and listen, the list could go on and on and on. And again, there's no doubt that these things are needful. We need to pray for our finances. We need to pray for our marriage. We need to pray for our children. We need to pray for our family members who are sick and those who are struggling. These things are necessary, and we must pray for them. The Bible even tells us to pray expectantly. Matthew chapter 11, verse 23 to 24, I'll read that for you. The Bible says this, For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall, no doubt, or, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them and ye shall have them. So again, most of us, when we pray for our, our neighbor or our friend who is sick, or our family member who is sick, we, 
We pray with expectation, with a desire, with faith that they will be healed. When we pray for our marriages, we pray with a, a desire and expectation that it will be wonderful. When we pray for our finances, we pray with a desire and an expectation that our financial situation will be rectified. Please understand me. Praying for these things is not wrong. Uh, in fact, I encourage you to, if you're uh, sitting there today and you, you do not pray for these things, I challenge you to. I challenge you to begin praying for those things, but uh, uh, this, if this is the only thing we pray for, if this is the only way we pray just to get what we want, then I believe that we have missed the main thrust of what prayer is. I, b- I believe we've missed it completely. If, you want, if you're in the habit of writing things down, and if you want, write this down. Prayer is transformational. Prayer is transformational. Prayer transforms people, places, and things to the will of God. Prayer transforms people, places, and things to the will of God. Let me illustrate with you in Colossians chapter 4. Jump down to verse 12. We get a, a, a personal example Look at verse 12, the Bible says this, Epaphras, who is one of you, he's one of you, he's a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always, watch this, laboring fervently for you in prayers. Why? That ye may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Wow, this is, this is pretty impressive. The goal of Epaphras, his prayer was this, that these people would, be perfect, would stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. If I could put it a, a, another way, Epaphras was a prayer warrior. Epaphras, Epaphras was a prayer warrior, but notice that he wasn't praying for his own will to be done. He wasn't praying, God, would you please help these people like me? God, would you please help these people? Uh, I mean, you fill in the blank as to what Epaphras wanted them to do. But he wasn't praying that way. He was praying for God's will to be done. In fact, we know that Jesus prayed a very similar prayer. When he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, he prayed, Nevertheless, not as as I will, but as thou wilt. Not my will, but thine be done. I believe this. The full essence of prayer is to transform us from our will to God's will. The full essence of prayer, the whole scope, the big picture of prayer is not just to ask God for things or just to talk to God, but it is to transform us from living our lives in our will to living our lives in the will of God. Again, if I can put it a different way, prayer is putting down our pride and place, placing excuse me, our trust in Almighty God. Putting down our pride and placing our trust in Almighty God. So instead of insisting on something being done your way in prayer, pray for God's will to be done in you and in the things that you are praying about. There's several instances. Hey, you're praying for your sick family member. Hey, God, this is uh, what I would like to happen. I'm praying that you would heal them and completely touch their bodies. But Father, your will be done. 
I pray that your will would be accomplished in their lives. And no matter what your will is, if it's to continue on with this disease, if it's to continue on being sick, would you please give them the strength and and the desire to continue to serve you? Listen, God's will must be done. So as we begin thinking about this and as we uh, think about our prayer life, take stock, uh, work through this. How do you pray? Do you pray just asking God to get what you want or do you pray asking for God's will? The question then is how do we do this? How how do we uh, make our prayer lives about transforming ourselves to God's will? Well, let me ask you this question. How often do you listen to yourself? Let me ask that question again. How often do you listen to yourself? Again, if you're like me, the answer is all the time. All the time. If somebody tells me something, I immediately um, filter that through me. I filter it and think about it. And I, I, I trust myself far more than I trust anybody else. Because I know myself. I can filter those things. So somebody says, hey, I saw an accident happen. And I listen to what they're saying and I'm beginning to filter those things through my thoughts and through things that I have seen. And I'm trying to understand what this person is saying and maybe I'm not fully understanding it and so I don't believe them totally. And I'm beginning to filter them through me and I'm trusting and believing myself. The the reality is this, we always listen to ourselves. When we work through something, We're always making sure that everything makes sense to us as I just described. And on top of that, we always try to end up benefiting the most from it. When we're, again, listening through this and we're trying to understand, we're trying to make sure that we benefit through something. So let me ask this question. How do we change this in prayer? Again, we're trying to benefit ourselves from prayer. Why in the world are we praying if we're not trying to benefit ourselves? Well, so often, I remember as a kid, I used to pray uh, for a dirt bike. I wanted a dirt bike so badly. My buddy had one, and so I would ride his every once in a while when I would go over to his house, but I so badly wanted a dirt bike, and I prayed for that dirt bike, and I prayed for it and prayed for it, and I'd ask my parents. My parents would say, no, we, don't want, we, don't, we can't afford one, or I can't remember all the excuses they gave, but all I know it was no. And I just wanted a dirt bike. But listen, I wanted to consume that upon my lust. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss, that you might consume it upon your lust. The reality is we want our, our sick relative to be, to be better, but that may not be God's will. We want our finances to work out, but again, that may not be God's will. We want our marriages to be much better, but again, God might be trying to teach us something through that. Listen, we have all kinds of different things that we're praying for, but are you praying to consume it upon your lust? If we are, how do I change that? How do I change that? I'm always, constantly trying to do things for myself, so I need to change my perspective. How do I do that? Number one, Continue in prayer. (laughs) Continue in prayer. Look again in verse 2 with me. The Bible says very simply, continue in prayer. Now I know this isn't rocket science, but hear me out, would you? Prayer has to be continual and constant. Prayer has to be continual and constant. Why? 
because we need to continually and constantly be looking to Jesus and transforming to his will. Again, I ask the question, how often do you listen to yourself? All the time. We're constantly speaking to ourselves. We're, we're constantly doing what we want to do. And so if we are constantly doing and listening to ourselves, then we must constantly and continually be in prayer asking God to transform us to his will. This is exactly the cry of Paul in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. The Bible says this, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy acceptable unto God. Why? This is your reasonable service. Watch this now. And be not conformed to this world. Listen, but be ye transformed. Wow. Wow. By the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable. And listen, and perfect will of God. You see, there needs to be a transformational process here. We're constantly living our lives in a way that we want to. We're being conformed to the world. We're living with everyone else, doing, living, uh, trying to keep up with the Joneses and do what everyone else is doing. Again, as a teenager, I used to say that. And my mom always used to, would retort, hey, if everybody else was jumping off a bridge, would you do it as well? I've said that a couple times. I want you to understand our natural desire is to live like everyone else. We want the newest and greatest and latest. We want to live, and keep up with everyone else and be conformed to this world. But the Bible says in Romans chapter 12, it says, listen, don't be conformed, be transformed. Do the will of God. Please understand, this is not a one-time process. This is not a one-time process. And so I'm, I'm challenging you, I'm encouraging you to pray. But listen, you can get on your knees there in your living room or wherever you're watching this and you can get on your knees and begin to beg God. God, would you transform my life? And listen, that's a wonderful place to start. You can get up from that place and never do that again. And I can guarantee you, your life will not be transformed. The Bible says here in verse 2 of Colossians chapter 4, continue in prayer. Listen, it's got to be constant. It's got to be continual. It has to be. This does not happen haphazardly or by accident. So it's not a one-time thing. It's not haphazardly or by accident. You're not just going to waltz into a room one day and all of a sudden be conformed or transformed to the will of God. It's not going to happen. It has to be intentional. It has to be done consistently. So you have to constantly and consistently continue in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says it this way, and maybe you know this word, verse. Pray without ceasing. Pray without ceasing. Three simple words. Three simple words, and we just, again, we just walk through those things, walk through this verse, and we just, just pass on by it. Listen, but listen to the words. Pray without ceasing. Just continue to pray. Never stop. Oh, so Pastor Yeomans, I, I can never stop 
and I have to get off my knees. No, listen, this means continually begging for, looking for the will of God in your life. Continually having a communication back and forth with God. Continually talking to God what, for what purpose? That He will transform you into His will. You say, Pastor Owens, why? Why do I need to do this again? Please understand, because we are constantly and consistently living, listening to ourselves. Always. We're in constant need of changing that. We're in constant need of knowing the will of God. We are in constant need of changing. Again, the greatest word I believe in the Christian uh, religion is change. The relationship with Jesus Christ, it is about change. If I can put it a different way again, we are in constant need of God Himself. We're just in need. We need Him. And so why am I going to pray without ceasing? Why am I going to continue in prayer? Why? Because I need God. So please understand me this morning. Don't just pray. Don't don't settle for mediocrity in prayer. Just Don't just pray. Continue in prayer. Just allow it to continue. Number two is found in the next phrase. Continue in prayer and watch in the same. Watch in the same. What does that mean? Well, it means watch in prayer. Continue in prayer. Watch in the same links back to prayer. So watch in prayer. I want you to think about someone who is on watch. We, we typically associate this with military. When you're in the military and your job was to be on watch, your main goal was to just, number one, be alert. Be alert. While everyone else is sleeping, you just need to be alert. While everyone else is working, you just need to be alert, paying attention. You are supposed to be paying attention to your surroundings, looking for things that were different, especially in the military, watching because uh, the enemy would be in camouflage or trying to hide, and so you were just constantly looking and paying attention to your surroundings. You were looking everywhere for danger, looking everywhere for danger, trying to make sure that nothing was going to attack. But even more, and, and perhaps in this case, and most often in the Bible times, there's the case of the announcement of the master coming. You see, there were times in the Bible when a master would leave and go about business and do different things. And he would be gone for months, maybe even years at a time. And he would leave his servants. And they would take care of the house and they would do everything that they needed to do. And they would continue to uh, work and watch. One of the goals of the watchman was to look out and see when the master was going to return. And so every day he would get up and he would look out and he would see and he would continue to watch for his master to return. Listen to me, this is an important part of this. Let me illustrate with Luke chapter 12. Keep your finger there in Colossians chapter 4. Go to Luke chapter 12 and verse 37. Luke chapter 12 and verse 37. Listen to this. The Bible says, Blessed are those servants whom the Lord, when He cometh, shall find watching. 
Verily I say unto you that he shall gird himself and make them to sit down to meet and will come forth and serve them. So when the Lord comes home and the servants are watching for him, he's excited about that and he's going to come and he's going to serve them now. Verse 38. And if he shall come in the second watch or come in the third watch and find them so watching, blessed are those servants. Verse 39, and this know, that if the good man of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not have suffered his house to be broken through. So listen, if we know what hour that the the thief is going to come into our house, then we're going to stay up and we're going to watch. The reality is we have no idea when the thief is going to come. And so we must stay up and we must watch The same is true, we have no idea when the master is going to come back for sure. And so we stay up and we watch. So let me relate this to our situation. There is coming a day when our master, our Lord, is going to return. There is coming a day when our Lord, we're going to hear a trumpet in the sky this is all based on the Bible. Listen, I could spend a lot of time talking to you about this, but for sake of time, you're going to have to look it up on your own. Listen, the trumpet's going to sound, and we are going to be uh, raptured out of here. There's going to come a day when Jesus, our master, is going to return. Let me ask you, when the master returns, will he find us watching? You see, watching is not just a meager staring out the window. So these servants, when they were caught or found watching, they were not just staring out the window in boredom. No, watching is accomplishing what the master has left them here to do. So again, the master goes away. It doesn't necessarily leave a list of things to do, but maybe he has certain things that need to be done. And so he begins to go away and these servants are now left to care for the house and care for the vineyards and care for the gardens and care for the lands and take care of everything. Even when the master's gone, the master wants to come home and see that everything's been taken care of, that they are ready for his return. This is not just a meager staring out the window watching. This is accomplishing what the master has left us here to do. And listen, our master is the same. This is a representation of Jesus Christ. Our master is going to come back. Is he going to find us watching, accomplishing what he left us here to do, performing the will of the master, if you will, continuing in prayer is the attitude, watching in prayer is the action. Let's continue in Luke chapter 12, verse 42, jump down a little bit. If you want, verse 40. Be therefore ready also, for the Son of Man cometh at an hour when you think not. Okay, So get ready, because the Son of Man is coming. And Peter said unto him, Lord, speakest thou this parable unto us, or even all, verse 42. And the Lord said, Who then is that faithful and wise steward, whom his Lord shall make ruler over his household, to give them their portion of meat in due season? Blessed is that servant, whom his Lord when he cometh, shall find so doing of a truth. I say unto you that he will make him ruler over all that he hath. But 
If that servant say in his heart, my Lord delayeth his coming and shall begin to beat the men servants and maidens and to eat and to drink and to be drunken and just party it up. The Lord of that servant will come in a day when he looketh not for him and at an hour when he is not aware and will cut him in sunder and will appoint him his portion with the unbelievers and that servant which knew his Lord's will and prepared not himself, neither did according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. It's a powerful passage of Scripture. Paul here in Colossians chapter 4, in, in something that we again just burn through, just walk through really fast, continue in prayer, and watching the same with thanksgiving. Okay, that's done. Let's move to the next verse. Listen, this is some of the most powerful investment that you could ever make. Is doing, acting, performing the will of God in your life. So if I can give it to you this way, if you're in the habit of writing things down, write this down. Watching is an active expectation. Watching is an active expectation. I'm actively working because I am expecting my master or my Lord to return. An active expectation. So listen, there is coming a day where Jesus Christ is going to come back. Will he find you actively expecting him? I think the reality is we've been hearing this Jesus is coming back for so long that we don't really believe it anymore. We don't really believe it's going to happen in our day. We don't really believe it's going to happen the way that the Bible says it's going to happen. We're just, you know what, we're just going to live our lives. We're just going to be peaceful and joyful on this earth. We're going to have some things. When, when things don't go our way, we're going to get upset. Oh, sure, we'll pray when things don't go our way, when things are not just exactly right, when we're not comfortable. Sure, we'll pray then. But are we praying and are we watching in prayer? You say, Pastor Jones, well, what does watching in prayer mean? What is watching in prayer? Again, let's go back to Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2. Look with me again uh, in the second part. Continue in prayer. Watch and watch in the same. Okay, so not, we're not just watching. Okay, the Bible says in Titus, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we ought to be watching for His coming. We ought to be actively expecting Him. But what is watching in prayer? Watching in the same. I want you to see how these two things work together. I love this. The best way that I can describe this in common day vernacular is a long distance relationship. A long distance relationship. I, I had uh, a long, somewhat of a long distance relationship with my wife. When we, would, uh, we were in college together. And so we would spend about eight months out of the year uh, together. And then I would go home to Michigan, and I would stay, stay there for uh, three or four months, and uh, I would work there on the farm, and I would uh, uh, be constantly talking to my wife, be constantly uh, uh, spending time with her. In fact, I got in trouble a couple times on the farm for texting when I should have been working. 
and I, I don't like the fact that I got in trouble, but I like the fact that I wanted to communicate with my wife. Listen, I loved her so much, I wanted to communicate with her constantly. But listen, the greatest times were this active expectation of when we could see each other again. So I want you to understand that for eight months out of the year, we were with each other. But for four months out of the year, we didn't just cut all ties and say, I'm not talking to you anymore. There was this active expectation, a constant um, relationship. Though we weren't physically present, there was this constant relationship of us constantly being together, even emotionally. Over text, we didn't have FaceTime back then. We would email back and forth. We would, we, I got a whole other phone line put into our house so that I could talk to her without, being on the, uh, without interrupting my parents' phone. Listen, I just had this active, I wanted to maintain my relationship and continue to grow. And listen, days, weeks before that day would come when I would see her again. Man, I can still feel it. My heart would race. My, my stomach would get butterflies in it and I would be so excited and all I could think about was seeing her. All I could think about was spending time with her. All I could think about is looking into those baby blue eyes again. Couldn't wait. There was this active expectation. I was watching. I was making sure I was doing the right things even being away from her. Listen to this, please. When you continue in prayer with God, what happens is your attitude begins to change. Your attitude is different. You're now looking for His will to be done instead of our will. And what happens is you begin to desire and seek His will above your own. Then, guess what? You start to look for His instruction. Tell me what to do. I want to do your will above my own, so tell me what to do. Then, once you understand what it is His will that He wants you to do, then you start to realize He's coming back again. And guess what? I want to please Him in everything that I do. And your focus begins to change. And all you can do is watch. All you can do is have an, an active expectation your conversation with him begins to be this. I can't wait to see you again. I can't wait to see you, not even again, but for the first time. I can't wait to look into your eyes. I, I can't wait to see the scars in your hands. I can't wait to see the scar in your side. I can't wait to bow down at your feet. can't wait see you face to face. This, it becomes, if I can use this word, it becomes intimate. It becomes something so special. Oh, you say, Pastor, it's all because of prayer? Yes. All because of an earnest expectation doing and understanding the will of God. Listen, you begin praying, God, please, I want to be with you. But until then, I'll just prepare. I'll just work. 
I'll just work for you. I will do everything I can for you. I will stay true to you. Basically, you just become enamored with Jesus Christ. Enamored with him. You literally want to abide in him. Some of you might be thinking, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This is not something you commonly hear. This is not something you commonly think of. But please understand me. This is what continuing in prayer and watching in the same will result in. When you invest prayer. So you might be thinking this is ridiculous, but this is exactly what Jesus asked his first disciples to do. He asked them to watch and pray. Watch and pray. Guess what they did? They fell asleep. Jesus comes back and finds them sleeping. He, I don't know, the Bible doesn't say he shakes them. But I can just imagine him walking over to Peter and just saying, Peter, could you not watch with me for one hour? Not angry, but just passionate. And listen, there's no doubt they were tired. There's no doubt they were going through a difficult time in their lives. But Jesus just wanted them to watch and pray. He said this, the spirit indeed is willing. But man, the flesh is weak. This verse, Colossians chapter 4 and verse 2 does not end. With watching in the same, notice with me it says, watch in the same with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. You see this part is incredibly key. Again, most of us pray wanting. Very few of us pray in thanksgiving. Very few of us watch with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 through 18 reads this. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks. For this is, listen, the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Oh my goodness, I cannot think of a better, more beautiful picture than that verse, those two verses. Someone so desiring God that they will do whatever He asks and they are thankful for every moment they get to lean on him more in any situation. What a beautiful picture. I mean, any situation. COVID-19? Oh, God, thank you for letting me lean on you more. A hard time, cancer, Oh, God, thank you for letting me lean on you more. 
I mean, the list could go on and on. Financial hard times. Oh, God, thank you for letting me lean on you more. Most of you are thinking, this is crazy. Who would be thankful for hard times? Who would be thankful for difficult times? Paul? Paul, Paul very clearly says, I am thankful for these difficult times. Why? That the power of Christ may rest upon me. This is Paul. This is, this is not, listen, some of you might be thinking this is a pipe dream. This is something that's unattainable. This is only something that you can dream about but never truly understand, nevertheless experience. It seems like such a small, insignificant little thing such as prayer. But can I wrap up by just again saying, prayer can transform your life if you'll just invest it. Just invest it. So let me ask you this morning, will you pray like this? Will you continue in prayer? Will you watch in the same with thanksgiving? Will you pray to transform your life to the will of God? Will you invest in prayer? And listen, you can look at verse 3. With all praying also for us that God would open unto us a door of utterance to speak the mystery of Christ for which I am also in bonds that I may make it manifest as I ought to speak. Listen. Once you begin this process, you start praying that the will of God is now manifest in the world. That you would begin speaking those things to other people. Telling other people about the will of God in their lives. God is not slack concerning his promises. Some men count slackness, but is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Listen, God wants every person in the entire world to know his salvation. And Paul is saying, listen, while you're continuing in prayer and while you're watching in the same with thanksgiving, begin praying that the utterance of the word of God can go forth. I can speak. And make manifest the will of God. Listen, just a small thing of prayer. Let me ask, will you invest prayer? Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this day. Thank you so much for the opportunity that you've given us to be here. Thank you so much for the challenge again you've brought to me. Father, I'm so, so thankful for the opportunities that you've given us, for the relationship that you've allowed us. Father, please help us not to squander it. Father, would you please convict our hearts. Help us to continue in prayer. Help us to know and understand your will, and then, Father, help us to do it. Help us to put aside our flesh, put off the old man, put on the new man by renewing our mind. Please help us. And Father, if there's one here today that does not know you as personal Savior, that does not understand even what it means to, to, uh, to 
know what sin is. They don't even know that they are in need of a Savior. Father, would you open that up to them? Would you begin to show them their need? Father, help them to accept you. I pray that your will would be accomplished in their lives. Father, for the rest of us, perform your will. Perform your will. Help us to live our lives according to your will every single day. And we pray all these things in your name. I'm going to ask you to keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed. We always like to give some time to make a decision. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to do so. Whatever your decision is, again, I challenge you to write it down. I encourage you to follow through with it. Make a decision, write it down, and just do it. Let's give you some time to make a decision right now.